So glad that everybody's here today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica. We're so glad that you're here. Hey, you guys are here on an incredible uh, service and an incredible weekend because this is so unique. Uh, normally, people don't show up to church on this weekend, right, Pastor Jason? And so uh, give yourselves a hand clap that you're here. Come on, make some noise. People are like, oh, it's Christmas and it's New Year's. They don't even want to do church. Who cares? So, you know, y'all made it, so you're already ahead of the curve. So we're so excited that you're here. I just wanted to say thank you for being here, and I'm excited because today we're going to do a thing called Five on Five, and these are some of the best young leaders inside of our church that are going to be speaking to you. So here's what I want you to do. Can I, can y'all, can I ask a favor of you, even if you're a guest in here, all right? If, if you're a guest in here, number one, we always invite you to come back at least three times. Everybody shout three times. Come on, look at your neighbor that you don't know, and it's awkward. Make it real awkward. Say three times. There you go. And so you got to come back at least three times because you never know. When you come to the place that's brand new, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience, right? So that's our thought. But today, uh, if you, I would love for you to help me uh, just love on our uh, communicators. Well, you don't realize how hard this is to actually speak to a bunch of people staring at them at 1030 in the morning and you can barely see them because the lights are in their eyes. So I'm just telling you, it's hard. So can y'all help me encourage them? Be, be like excited when they get up and pretend like they are the best thing since sliced bread. Can we do that? All right, there we go. Yeah. All right, that's all I wanted to Thank say, you, Pastor. Pastor. All right, there you, you go. And the right. microphone to Olinda. There you go. Yeah, you, uh, so we're so glad you guys are here. I'm not one of the young communicators. I know I look young. I'm actually the oldest. Uh, and so... Uh, we're so glad to have them here. And what we did is we decided as we were doing this five-on-five five thought, I said, let's take and go back over the year, 2019. And what I want y'all to do, what I want each one of these leaders to do, I said, I want you to prayerfully consider taking something that God spoke to us from this platform during this year, and I want you to share your version of that. And so our first leader is Olinda, and Olinda helps lead our guest services team. We'll have a chance to give her a round of applause in just a minute. Uh, she helps lead our guest services team, and her husband and her, herself, they help lead our Rise Youth team, and uh, just a phenomenal communicator. And uh, Olinda's going to be sharing with us from our Restart series, which was way back in January of this year. And she's going to be sharing a great, phenomenal point from our Restart series. So would you give uh, Olinda a round of applause as she comes and shares with us? Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be here. Um, so restart. Uh, Pastor Aaron said this very simply. He said, failure is an event, not a person. And many times what we tend to do, we like to blame ourselves. We put the blame, we play the blame game, right? We're like, oh, that didn't go that way because it was about me. Um, that didn't happen because that was my fault. I didn't set this. I didn't set the timer. I didn't get these things right. So that's on me. And when we tend to do that, we, we put ourselves as a person saying, hey, that's who I am. I'm a failure. And that's not what it is. Failure is an event. Um, as when I got my bachelor's degree, it was the second semester before I had to graduate. And thinking me, I'm so smart, I decided to take seven courses at one time from two different schools. Um, I was at a university, and I did not want to pay the university price, so I went to a community college to do my two additional classes. And everything in me was exhausted because I was spreading myself too thin, and I just had this one class that I could not figure out. Every time I take the test, I get the score of 58. I get the score of 60, and I get the score of 70. I'm like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? Like, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to graduate next semester. I'm not going to be able to be the first person in my family to get a bachelor's degree. I'm not going to be able to be a great example to my children. Like, what am I doing? Like, I am failing at this. I am no good at this. And what I 
tend to do. I put failure in the front of my mind, and I said, no, this is who I am, and that's not the case. In Romans 5, 3 to 5, it says this. It says, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us, um, hope does not put us to shame. It does not, and so God's love has been poured into us, and he's been giving us the Holy Spirit, and with that, we endure and we go through it. And we know that, hey, failure was just, it was just a moment. It's not who we are. And as, when I was 17, I had my first daughter. And it was quite long ago. And I was a child, raising a child. Um, and it was so hard. I was like, how do I know when she's going to need to be fed? How do I know when to change her diaper? How do I know these things? And 11 years later, I asked her just one time. It was just, it was a quiet day. And I just went up to her and I asked her, hey, am I a good mom? I just simply asked her. She looked at me. She turned to me. She said, you're the best mom I could ever have, right? Everything in me, I was like, yes, I did something right. And, and then, you know, and then I questioned myself. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, even when I messed up, even when I yelled at her, right? And so I was like, you know, what? let me ask her again. Let me make sure that she's going to say this answer one more time. And I want, her, I want her to say it again. And so I asked her, I'm like, even when I yell at you, even when I tell you you didn't clean your room right, even when I tell you to do it over again, like, do you still love me? Do you think I'm the best mom? And she looked at me again, and she reassured me. She's like, Mom, you're the best mom I could ever have. Best mom. And that's how God thinks of us. He doesn't think about all the failures that we have done, all the moments that we messed up. He looks at us just as we are, perfect and whole. And when we, do, when we learn to lean onto how God sees us, we see its failure as an event, as brief moments in our lives, rather than our, it's not going to determine our future. It's something that's just happened, and it's not going to take a hold and a grip on our lives because that was just for a moment. So when we learn to look and we have the clear vision set before us, we can see our future, we can see our hope, and we can see that God's love poured into us and to know that, hey, we are not failures. Those are just determined with small moments in our lives. And when we do that, we know that we are going to be successful and we are children of Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Olinda. That's a great, great, great reminder for us that failure is an event. It's not a person. It's not who we are. That's a great for our restart. Uh, Next up, we have Antonio. He, uh, as I mentioned, uh, he helps lead our Rise Youth, uh, married to Olinda, uh, just a tremendous leader in our church, uh, helping with all, all sorts of different things, but primarily leading our youth ministry. And he's going to be sharing with us from a series we did called Our Imperfect Family. So let's give Antonio a round of applause as he comes and shares with us. So Our Imperfect Family. This has to be one of my favorite series out of 2019, especially in week one where Pastor Aaron talks about being Christ-centered. One of the verses that he uses is Matthew 5:48, and we'll read it together as a family. It's going to be on the screen. So it says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. After that Sunday, I asked myself, how can I be perfect or react in a perfect way when things don't go as expected or as planned? You know, for example... Uh, waking up late. Many of us have been late to at least something. I remember there was one time at work, I was late. I got up. I didn't want to wake up my wife, so I left the lights on, got changed real quick. I showed up to work. My shirt was inside out. And I was like, okay, well, let me go to the restroom 
and go switch it, switch it out. So I went to the restroom, switched it out, and guess what? I had to grab my wife's shirt, and it said, best mom. So I was like, oh, man, I got to go the next 10 hours with a group of guys saying the best mom. You know? So another one is moving to a new city and San Antonio traffic. You know, there's many military here, so you're new to the traffic, so you're like, oh, this is horrible. I had, uh, when we barely moved here, I had a gentleman tell me, so what, what the trick you do is you smile, and you just wave at them when they're mad at you and honking at you, and I told myself, no, I don't want to reward bad behavior. You know, I want to honk my horn, too. I, there's no more. I want to honk and honk. You know, there, there's another one. I know uh, this one might get, get me in trouble, so y'all might have to send the emails to Pastor Jason. Uh, but being a Cowboys fan, you know, it doesn't go as expected every year since 1997. You know, it's just, it, it, it's your year, but it doesn't go as expected. And I'm sorry. You know, but don't worry. I'm, I'm in the same boat. In 2013, NBA Finals, it was Game 7, San Antonio Spurs against the Miami Heat. It was a minute left, or down by two, but Tim Duncan had the ball. So he goes, he goes for a hook shot. It hits the backboard. But guess what? He's there. So he tries to tip it in, and it hits rim. This is a shot he's made thousands of times. This is a rebound he's gotten thousands of times. Miami Heat ends up winning by six. And it was the worst, worst feeling. But, you know, these are simple things. But what about the more serious things in life? You know, what about our marriages aren't what we expected? Our kids, when we tell them something, but they don't take, they they don't live the way we're we're raising them. They're the totally opposite. Our relationships with our family. To be honest, there's some of us in here who, who hated the holidays. Why? Because that relationship with our family is, is, is not good. Or we don't even have that relationship with our family. What about our careers? Some of us might go into tomorrow to work and be frustrated. Or we might be upset because somebody else got the promotion instead of us. Our finances. Our finances aren't what, what they ought to be. You know, a, a failed business or is just like, Something, a bill always comes up, no matter what, you're trying to catch up, but you, you never can. So how do we respond to these things? Well, we make Christ the center of our lives. This is very simple, but hard to do at times. In 2015, uh, me and my wife and my children, we, we're, we got on a journey for us where we're at today. We moved to a new city south of Dallas. We had lived in our old city. It was a small town for 23 years. Our family was there. Everything we knew was there. Our business was there. Our careers were there. But we decided to move and to put God first in our lives. It was very hard. In the middle of it, I was very upset. I was frustrated, frustrated the majority of the time with my job. I would have to drive. Before, I was driving about five minutes to work. Now I was driving an hour from there and then coming back. And we're just frustrated. But we decided to put God first in our lives, we, in the middle of it. So why choose God to be the center of our lives? Because when life doesn't go the way you thought, he will, he will always be there to help you through it. Thank you. Thank you, Antonio. It's a great, great reminder for us to keep Christ at the center of our life. As you can hear, there are kids in the auditorium today. We're having a family service in the kids. We're so glad you kids are here. Are you guys, guys glad to be here, you kids? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know what? 
we don't just babysit kids back in Rice Kids. We actually share the truth of God's word with them. And so we thought for this third uh, speaker, Mr. Ben is going to be coming up. We call him Mr. Ben as he helps oversee our Rise Kids team. And he's going to be sharing with us a message that we shared part of in Rise Kids this year. So would you give Mr. Ben a round of applause as he comes and shares from Rise Kids? Thank you, Pastor Jason. It's an honor to serve here at Rise Church when my wife and I moved here back in May, God has shown up in so many ways through our leaders and something that we call here spiritual family, that love and care for us. When we actually decided to move here, there were so many things to be worried about, so many uncertain things. We were worried about where we we're going to live, what jobs we we're going to have, worried about San Antonio. We've never been here before. This is the furthest we've ever moved away from comfort. How often do we deal with this thing called worry? And Rise Kids, we wanted to help them know who they can go to or where they can go to when they deal with this thing called worry. Because we're all guilty of it. Worry's not good for us. It's not good for us emotionally. It's not good for us physically. It weighs us down. But Scripture tells us to give up our worry and give it to God then why do we hold on to it? Why do we have such a hard time letting go? I think it begins with trust. We have a hard time trusting that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. We have a hard time letting go because it's hard to lose that control. We can't trust when we lose control. We, we just hold on to it. And Rise Kids, our main point was, I trust God with my worries. And I'm going to illustrate this. I need some help if Leah wants to come on up. Leah, want to come on up? Leah's going to help me illustrate this, uh, this right here. And if you can put this on. Leah serves in our toddlers and nursery area. She does a great job calming the kids down, the little babies down. And she really commands the room. If you want to, she has power, right? She's just, she's the next generation of leaders. We love Leah. We just love you. So this bag, if you want to show them real quick, this bag represents the worry that we tend to carry around with us. Thank you. If this worry that we tend to carry around, it starts at an early age where we're just wondering when mom's going to feed us or change our diaper. And then it kind of moves on to college. Hey, what college am I going to go to? And then it kind of goes to paying bills, right? And so as adults, we deal with this thing called worrying about, you know, where's the zipper at? Over here. All right. So we deal with this thing called worry, right? And as adults, we have a hard time understanding the times that we're in. If you guys see this book, I have this book, how convenient that I have this, right? As adults, we have a hard time. We, we turn on the news, and we just want to shut it off because it's like, oh, my goodness, this world, right? So that's a worry that we might have in our bag. Another thing is we start to worry about, like, mortgages and, you know, our workplace relationships or our family dynamics. It all just adds to the pack, right? And... As teenagers, you might feel like you don't have much to worry about. You have, you have a tendency to worry about what school you're going to go to. I remember going to a new school and trying to make friends, trying to figure that whole, all out, who I can trust and who I can't, who I could be friends with and who I should, probably shouldn't, right? And that adds to the pack that we carry around. As kids, we feel like they have nothing to worry about. 
You can catch yourself saying, I wish I was a kid. I wouldn't have a care in the world. But have you sat down with your child and actually asked them? A lot of times they see your worry and they worry too. All this does is add to our pack. The pack that we carry around with us. We take it to when we go to sleep, keeps us up till two in the morning. When we go to work, we don't like our boss and it just makes us worry. It's a hard pack to carry with us. But scripture says to give it up because he cares for you. And it actually doesn't matter if you care or if you give it to God or not. He's going to always care for you. I'm going to zip this up. And I'm going to take it off. When we give it to God, when we give it to God, what it does is it gives us the freedom to be who God has called us to be. Just think about that. It still hasn't gone anywhere. It's still here. But we have the freedom and to do what we were always meant to do. It just begins with, I, like I'm challenging you guys right now, it begins with trust. I have to trust God with my worries. And Rise Kids, we like to hit this point. We like to hit our Rise Points home. So if you guys want to help me, Rise Kids, let's all help. Let's say this together. Ready? I trust God, I trust God. With, my with my worries. You guys can say that. Come on, adults, you too. Like, everyone should be cheering this, right? I trust God, I trust God. With, my with my worries. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Mr. Ben. That's a great reminder for us. I trust God with my worries. That's not just a message for kids. Come on, y'all. We need to hear that message. I trust God with my worries. We need to say that to ourselves, remind ourselves that we have someone who we can trust with our worries. Well, next up, we have another leader uh, who's going to be sharing from our Overwhelmed series because we can all feel overwhelmed by life, and that is Clint. And Clint is uh, one of our leaders in our parking team, leading our men in different uh, areas. And so uh, Clint is a, a phenomenal leader, and he has a great word to share from us from our Overwhelmed series. So let's give him a round of applause as he comes and shares with us. Awesome. Well, in the Overwhelmed series, Pastor Aaron gave us many tools to utilize when it came to overcoming the feeling of being overwhelmed, right? And so with two days left of this year, which I'm pretty sure with that being said caused a lot of us to feel a little overwhelmed in that statement alone, right, that I wanted to bring back a principle that we need to be incorporating every day in our lives. This is powerful, so brace yourselves. Y'all ready? Stay in the raft, Right? In part four of the Overwhelm series, Pastor Aaron shared his experiences with going whitewater rafting in Northern California. Okay? He actually had an instructor by the name of Sequoia. Right? Sequoia basically said, if you want to get on the other side of this experience alive, you need to stay in the raft. Groundbreaking, right? I mean, if you want to stay alive, stay in the raft. Right? I mean, as easy as that is for us to piece together... In that scenario, what about when it comes to the waters of our own lives? What about when we become overwhelmed with anxiety, fear, depression, finances, maybe even relationships? I think we tend to forget how important it is to stay in the raft. This is what we call the local church. Here at Rise Church, we call it spiritual family. 
right? The enemy uses an actual tactic to keep us from entering into this principle. We call it isolation. See, isn't it kind of alarming to think about how easy it is for us to isolate ourselves when things go wrong? When possibly we experience sorrow, anger, maybe even disappointment. But can I just say, God does have something to say about isolation. We see that in Ecclesiastes 4.12, where it says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. See, we were not created to be isolated from one another. We see this even in Genesis 2 as Adam, a sinless man, is walking in the Garden of Eden. Even then, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. And the reason why is because not only do we hinder ourselves from reaching spiritual growth, but we hinder ourselves from finding and stepping into the very purpose that God created us for. See, even in Galatians, as Paul is writing to the church in Galatia, he's reminding them that their freedom is their freedom from bondage, their freedom from being overwhelmed, is found in Jesus Christ. He says, in that freedom, do not indulge in the flesh, but once again, in that freedom, serve one another humbly in love. And later on, he talks about the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. I don't know if you noticed, there's only one of those fruits of the Spirit that mentions self. The reason why is because all of the other fruits of the spirits were created for the edifying of the body. In other words, it was created to be practiced with one another. See, the local church is the hope of the world. It, it is the raft that keeps us afloat when the rivers of our lives get rough, when we lose direction in which way to go. See, modern Christianity is starting to say that we, need, uh, we don't need to be in church to be a Christian. And although that might be a little true, even the greatest of swimmers get tired. Even the greatest of swimmers get cramps. Even the greatest of swimmers have drowned. We were created and called to be connected to the body of Christ. It is there where we find our purpose, where we experience growth, where we experience the love of the Father. And with this new year upon us, I want to encourage everyone, stay in the raft. We were not created or called to live a life overwhelmed, nor were we called to be complacent with every wave that hits us and every current that pulls us under. Once again, we were created to stay in the raft. So plug into your local church. Find your purpose and grow within your spiritual family. Thank you. Thank you, Clint. It's a great reminder for us to stay in the raft. Uh, well, last up, we have Tabby. Uh, Tabby helps oversee a lot of things here at the church, and I'm not going to list them all because we 
are trying to keep it short because the kids are in here. Uh, but she, one of the things that she does is uh, our, oversees our worship and production, really makes the weekend happen. And she's a phenomenal communicator, a phenomenal leader. And uh, she's going to be sharing from a series we did back in o- October called Scared to Death. So would you give Tabby a round of applause as she comes and shares with us? Well, thank you. Well, when Pastor Aaron taught the Scared to Death series, can I just tell you, every week I was kind of floored, mostly because I realized within that series that I tend, that tends to be my bend. I tend to, to live with a spirit of fear at times, even though God's told us that we shouldn't, right? So one of those weekends, he talked about fear of rejection, And in that series, in that sermon, he talked about the fact that in 1 Samuel 15, King Saul, he was living in this fear of rejection all over the place. So he was disobedient to God. He was saying that he was doing things that he wasn't. He was walking out all of these things. And the reason was just because he was fearing man more than he was fearing God. He was living with a fear of rejection. And as pastor started talking about the points, he started walking through the points. The first one, negative thinking, check. The second one, he's he's talking about the fact that that people that have um, that are have this fear of rejection, that they have a tendency to want to always know what's up and to always be right, check. And then the last thing was that they surround themselves with toxic people and they tend to to be obedient more to those people that are around them to God. Check. As he's walking through that, what I realized, I had to stop. I took a step back and just realized, Abby, you've lived with a spirit of fear. You've lived with this fear of rejection your entire life. Your entire life. Now, see, I am a recovering people pleaser. I can say recovering now because I'm aware of it, so I'm going to walk that out, right? So I'm a recovering people pleaser. But the reason that I was a people pleaser is because I had a fear of rejection. There were those moments where I would be disobedient to God, knowing that God had called me to do something or just had asked me to do something, and I wouldn't do it because I was afraid of what the people around me might think. And kids, kids in here, there were those moments where I disobeyed my parents, I disobeyed my parents because I was afraid of what my friends would think. I was afraid that they would reject me. Can I just tell you, I'm so thankful. I am so thankful that we have a God that loves us despite our fear of rejection. I'm so thankful that he, he's bringing me out of those, those habits and those, those negative things. Man, I'm just so thankful that he's so good that I don't have to live with a fear of rejection. Because here's the thing. John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus for me. I am accepted. He gave Jesus for me. Jeremiah 29.11 says that he has a plan and a purpose for me. I'm accepted and I'm loved by God. And because of that, I don't have to have a fear of rejection. Instead, I can live from acceptance instead of living for acceptance. And whenever you get that, here's here's the thing. When you really get that God loves you, that his love for you is irrevocable, undeniable, unconceivable at times. It's, It's so big. 
God's love for us is so big that there is no reason for us to live out of a fear of rejection. We can live out of that love and acceptance of God. So that is my challenge for y'all this morning. My challenge for you is to choose, because it's a choice, you have to choose to live from acceptance, not for acceptance. Fear God more than we fear man and their opinions of us.